Welcome to Explore the Word Podcast. Hope you're having a wonderful day. So the last two podcasts, we examined Baptist distinctives, and we see how they are tied with biblical truths and the history of the church and acts. So in this episode, and going forward, and I really don't know how many we're going to do, we're really going to be looking at our past. So it's like a history lesson. And I love history, so I hope that it'll be exciting for you, as this is exciting for me <laughs> to read it and to try to make it uh, you know, uh, consumable in small portions that you can understand it. So Christianity had a really strong presence in Asia Minor, Syria, Greece, Rome, and Egypt by 100 AD. So we're past now. All the apostles, uh, they have passed away. Uh, and so by 100 AD, it, it was really growing. And actually in 113 AD, we actually have information, a record that a Roman governor was complaining to the emperor at the time that Christianity had affected the temple worship. Isn't that amazing? The church was impacting the community in amazing ways. That's exciting stuff. So the early church fathers, that's this era now, after 100 AD, um, Clement of Rome, Polycar, Barnabas, uh, Hermas, uh, these early leaders held to some Baptist teaching, like local church, proper baptism, membership, separation of church and state. And during this time, there, there were believers who were writing explanations about Christianity to the heathen world. So they were like, the first century apologists, okay? They were, they were trying to tell the pagan world, hey, this is what Christianity is. This is the differences. So by the second and third century, there were growing ranges of ideas being promoted within Christianity. And probably the biggest of them from what we can see in history is infant baptism, all right? In the third century, baptism became common among many religious groups and orders. And not biblical baptism, though. Rather, it was used to signify one leaving this group, whatever group that was, and joining in uh, another group. So that's not biblical baptism because biblical baptism occurs after uh, you're converted, after you accept Christ as Savior. We see that with Lydia. We see that with the jailer in Acts 16. You know, that's what took place. And you don't, if you're biblically baptized, you don't have to be baptized again to join another church uh, of like faith. All right, that's not the way it works. A baptism, once you, if it's biblical, and I, I put that in purposely, biblically baptized and understanding that baptism doesn't save you, it's a step of obedience. So at any rate, that was taking place then. And the emperor Constantine, um, he made a profession of faith and he began to merge the state and church in the 4th century. And then baptism took on another new meaning. It was a sign of, you know, homage as, as, as such to the state and citizenship. Um, a little bit after Constantine, an emperor by the name of Justina in, in 550, ordered all non-Christians in the empire to become Christian. And they did that by being baptized. So, like, that's not biblical baptism. That is as far as far as ways you can get from it, biblically. So, uh, we see that kind of happen. So, I just want to switch gears a little bit, too. 
here now and examine the persecution of the early church. So that's some of the things that took place, a little bit of background on some of the fathers and things. Uh, but there was persecution. The Sanhedrin was the first to persecute the Christians. The first official Roman persecution began in 64 AD uh, by Emperor Nero. I'm telling you right now, Nero was a wicked, wicked man. All right. And he used Christians as scapegoats to divert uh, attention upon himself. He was up to bad things. I mean, even secular historians refer to him as a horrible leader. He was a bad guy. And so he uh, crucified Christians. He threw them uh, to wild animals. He was so wicked that he actually dipped Christians in wax and used them as like light standards. I mean, this guy was wicked. I mean, incredibly wicked. After Nero, there was no imperial persecutions like from on high, from the high courts of Rome. Uh, but there was local areas that uh, affected by persecutions. Then Marcus Aurelius came on the scene numerous years later and um, he came against Christians by taking their lands. Uh, so he wanted to take back their lands. If, if you were a Christian, your land was appropriated from you and uh, obviously you were expelled from that land as well. A big reason Rome was against Christianity was the demand in Rome that all religions be licensed and accept the Roman government and Caesar as their final authority. So that's a big problem for Christians and for Baptists, okay? should be a big problem for Christians, period, but Baptists would have a huge problem because that is not separation of church and state. Another empire ordered that all those who didn't worship the Roman god be persecuted. The Roman gods, I should say. Um, Seventy years later, he ordered the death of all Christians. This literally drove believers underground and Christians hid in catacombs. I don't, I don't know if you ever read about that in history or not or read books about it. It was during that time period that they went hiding under Rome in catacombs. And I think there was dozens and dozens, I think actually about 50 or 60 miles. I might be wrong on that, but there was lots of room in the catacombs where they would bury their dead that they were hiding out and had their own underground uh, society as such. So pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, so dilation, Emperor Dilation uh, pro, uh, brought to bear, uh, he was after this, the military to hunt down and destroy the Christians. It is estimated that a million Christians died during his reign. And uh, many believers fled to the furthest corners of the empire at this time and even beyond the borders of the Roman Empire. Uh, so trying to eradicate the message actually spread the message, right? Because they took with them the gospel and they brought that to wherever they went. So Constantine uh, stopped the persecutions altogether. Uh, he, he had, I mentioned him earlier, it wasn't in the exact same uh, uh, time period uh, chronologically. He was after all these persecutions. Um, he began, because he made a profession of faith, he began to mix the teachings of Christianity with several other large religions. And um, we see with Constantine the beginning of a governmentally established church. And there were many that opposed uh, his position on that, and rightfully so. Um, 
and they were called separatists, purists, or even baptized. Okay, so we kind of get that. We're starting to see that little connection point now with being with baptism and being a Baptist. Uh, and Constantine tolerated the separatists. He he never attacked them or anything, but um, there was those who came after that were not very happy with them. So even before though Constantine tolerated the separatists, uh, separatists, uh, they were group. There were groups that teach teaching and preaching the truth outside of all this, and the earliest group that we know about is the Montanists. Um, their leader was Monteus, who preached in uh, Perga in 150 AD. He held to all the Baptist distinctives except for one. And that was, he believed there was more revelations to come. And you kind of, kind of understand him a little bit. I mean, he was Paul, or sorry, uh, John, had he wasn't long dead by that point either, and he was the last one used. So that was the only difference uh, in his teaching, that he did believe that there was more to come. He influenced many, 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 many to study the scriptures. And I'm going to tell you, you will not go wrong by getting in the Word of God and seeing what the Bible says. He was declared a pagan uh, by um, a council of Constantinople in 381. He had long passed, but he was declared a pagan later on. Uh, a fellow by the name of Tertullian was a Montanist, and he appears to be a genuine Baptist. He's often referred to as Tertullian the Baptist, so he held to all the uh, distinctives of Baptist. Uh, in the 4th century, uh, we see a rise of the Dantonists. This is a wave of independent churches started in North, North Africa. The leader was Pastor Dantonus. Uh, his um, church was in Carthage, uh, generally, they taught the vast majority of Baptist distinctives. Some taught all of them. They were very, very missionary-minded. Uh, these guys were after it. They loved the Lord, and uh, they served him very well. Well, hey, we're over 10 minutes now. i got some awesome stuff coming up. So I hope you'll join me next week. I hope you enjoy it. You know, Keep searching the scriptures. Keep... Uh, reading about what God would have for you and your life. And I really hope understanding our history a little bit better like we're doing now will help you understand why we do what we do. All right, take care and God bless.